And welcome to today's episode of the Pigskin Pulpit. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman, and after a two-week hiatus, I am back. Yes, we are back, and I am going to give you a great episode today. So, here's the lineup for this episode. We're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens and if anybody can stop them. They're obviously the most dominant team in the NFL, but who's going to catch up? Then, we're going to go into... The veteran quarterbacks that are on the bubble looking to be moved around. Are they going to retire? They're going to go somewhere else. What's going to happen? Then, as usual, our Week 15 predictions, Change My Mind segment, and the Winners and Losers segment for this week. So, without further ado, let's get it started. Starting off now with Baltimore Ravens. I don't know how I can explain this in the best way possible. But the Baltimore Ravens have been the best team in the NFL this season. They had a little bit of a shaky start with those two losses. People weren't really buying into them as much as they should have. But now if you read them over, they are hot and they are very hard to stop. The last team they lost to was the Browns back in September. That was in week four. That was the last time the Ravens lost a game. So, but after that... They have not lost. They've won every game since. So, that means they've beaten the Steelers, they've beaten the Bengals, and it's no joke when I say they've beaten the Seahawks, the Patriots, the 49ers, the Rams, the Texans, and just recently the Bills. So, they're going on tears, and Lamar Jackson's playing at an unbelievable level. Possibly at this better than any other player in the NFL, making him an MVP. So, We're not going to talk about if Lamar Jackson's the MVP or not. I want to talk about if there is a team who could stand in the way of the Ravens succeeding. Is there anybody who has a chance of stopping them? Now, obviously, you want to look at teams that they haven't faced. But you also got to consider the ones they already did. Who could beat them? So I'll give you one team from each conference that I believe really can shut them down. Starting off in the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have already beaten the Ravens once this season. They beat them back in week three. But here's the thing with that. That was week three. That was a different Ravens team. I always tell people all the time, after a two-week, two, three weeks, anything farther than that, any games farther back than three weeks ago, was a different team. Teams change just like that. Same thing as players. The players' game plan and their attitude and their performance changes within the span of at least three weeks. Past three weeks, I should say. No one's the same. So, the Chiefs are the best team possible in this situation. At least for the AFC. Because the Patriots and Tom Brady aren't playing at their best right now. They've fallen apart these last two weeks and I'm not happy about it. I'll explain later. I watched the Ravens beat the Niners by a field goal to prevent overtime as time expired because Justin Tucker is a god at a kicker. But 
otherwise than that, I look it over and I see a strong quarterback who can abuse the secondary led by Earl Thomas and Jimmy Smith. I see a run game that one healthy is very hard to stop. And I look at a defense that's improving every single year, every single game. Especially with the leader now in Tyron Matthew leading that whole secondary. Their pass defense is one of the top 10 in the league. You can check the stats on it. They're top 10 in the league at pass defense. Run defense, different story. But the Ravens are going to be playing a different team. The Chiefs are, are not healthy right now. But by the time playoff hit, that's when it's going to be good. That's when you're going to have the team healthy. You're going to have them ready to go. And you're going to see them go after. After, after, after these guys. The Ravens are going to be in for a tough fight the second they go in to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the only team in the AFC that's standing their way. But, as in the NFC, let's say they beat the Chiefs. There's only one team, I believe, in the NFC who could really beat the Ravens, besides the 49ers. So 49ers gave a really good game, but I'm going to go with the team we haven't played yet. The New Orleans Saints offer a new dimension to the game I haven't seen before. I don't believe, usually at this point, you will be saying, why not the Packers? But if you've seen the way the Packers have played a little recently, not on the same page here with that. But as for the Saints, that defense has worked well to get pressure this season. Their top 10 run defense, their top 15 pass defense, their defense is good enough to stop Lamar Jackson, contain him. They're number five in run defense, which is what they need to contain Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. Their secondary can take care of the rest. Force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. Force some mistakes out of him. As for the Ravens' defense, you're taking on a Saints offense led by veteran Drew Brees. Drew Brees can beat the Ravens. He can do it. He can dissect them. He can create some misplays and miscues. And he'll get the ball out deep. I mean, come on. You really want to put Michael Thomas up against Brandon Carr? How's that going to go? Or even Jimmy Smith. You really want that mismatch? It's gonna be, They're going to get destroyed. Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL. As for that run game, it's really been unheard of this season. No Alvin, Alvin Kamara has been good. But looking at it in a diff, different level, the Saints' run game can really benefit from playing a Ravens defense who doesn't really pride itself in defending the run. So, again... This is why I believe the Saints are better. Not even better. They're the only ones that can challenge the Ravens. The Saints defense can lock down Lamar Jackson, force him to throw the ball, which he's still not completely comfortable with. And you can and Drew Brees can take advantage of the mismatches between the corners and Mike Thomas on man coverage. It's beautiful. It's a great way, and I think the Saints can have that advantage to beat them. So yeah, those are the two challengers right there. The Chiefs and the Saints are the only ones that stand in the way. Of stopping the Ravens. Nobody else can really stop them. Maybe the 49ers. But that's it. No one else can do it. Which now brings us on to the next segment. Which is going to be veteran quarterbacks on the move. Now which veteran quarterbacks would that be? Well first let's let's see what it would take. For veteran quarterback. And what I mean by this segment. Veteran quarterbacks. Are on their way out. There's a good amount of them. Because young guys have gotten their chances, and they've played well. So that means some guys are going to be on the chopping block. And they're going to either be retiring because of their age, or they're going to be signing with the new team 
maybe as an insurance option or as a backup. But there's not many teams you could really find that with or get that connection with. So not a lot of quarterbacks would be willing to take that backup role as a mentor. So, let's look at it. Some of the quarterbacks you can think of here are like Eli Manning, Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers, and who's this other person I have? Oh yeah, um, Andy Dalton. So I've got four quarterbacks here who are definitely have their futures in jeopardy. So again, Eli Manning, who's currently on the Giants, Phillip Rivers on the Chargers, Cam Newton on the Panthers, and Andy Dalton on the Bengals. So let's go starting off with the least quarterback you care about, really, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, I think, is out of Baltimore. I mean, sorry. Apologies. Andy Dalton is going to be out of Cincinnati. He's not coming back. They're not going to resign him. And he's obviously not going to retire. He's at that age. He's going to find another job within an instant. But I do believe that there is another quarterback who's going to go. And that's safely going to be Jameis Winston. So if the Bucks decide to move on from Jameis Winston, I think Dalton would be a great substitute. Andy Dalton will have vertical threats that are healthy for the first time in his career. It's been a long time since he's had that. I mean, the last time I saw them with healthy wideouts, A.J. Green barely didn't have a knee and ankle injury every, every season. So you put Dalton up with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. You hook him up with two athletic tight ends, Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard. I mean, what else could you ask for? Then all you have to do from there is bulk up the offensive line, boost that running game, and that's it. Right there, then and there, your offense is ready to go and make moves to get high-scoring games and lead the league in points with Andy Dalton at the helm. I, I like the idea. I think Dalton to the Bucks makes sense. Other team I believe is the Chargers because obviously they're going to move on from Rivers. I'm convinced they're moving on from Rivers at the end of the season. So Dalton would definitely fit in there on the same idea. They need a quarterback who's going to get the job done, make take advantage of the threats they have. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin. Make the work with that. You could do that. That's easy. You got great wideouts there. You got tight ends and Hunter Henry and Virgil Green. You can make some great work with that. Great work. As long as the offensive line gets boosted just a little bit, you need one more piece, I believe, at the inside O-line, you're set. You're good. The running back situation, you got Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. Great duo together, always work well. Because of the O-line's issues, not a top running game this year, but still good. As long as the O-line gets bolstered and they get the quarterback they need, the Chargers, def- the Chargers will compete next season. The Chargers will compete next season. Yes, I'm serious. Because the defense is still top 10 in the league overall, and that's not a joke. Chargers defense is very good. They're in a good spot. They just need to fix that offense, and it starts at quarterback. So I think Dalton would really fit in there. Next quarterback I want to talk about is Phillip Rivers. I'm going to go with another veteran who's been there a long time. He's about the same age as Manning. And I looked around every team who could really use somebody like Rivers, and I don't see it. I don't see Phillip Rivers going to another team. I can't see him in another uniform. I mean, visually, I can't even see him in another uniform. I can't picture him with any other team except the Chargers. And I know they don't want him anymore. So, I hate to say it, but Phillip Rivers is going to retire at the end of the season. I think Phillip Rivers retires. He calls it a career. 
Never gets that ring, but still goes down as one of the best quarterbacks to never make a Super Bowl appearance. He's a great quarterback, great career, but he's not making it. As for the next quarterback, Eli Manning, who we all love dearly, unless you're a Patriot fan or anyone in the NFC East, or a Jets fan, I like Eli Manning. He's the reason why the Giants have two Super Bowls. He was never the best quarterback. He was never the prolific quarterback. He's the definition of a Jekyll and Hyde. Lead the league in all-time career interceptions. Lead the league. Get in the top 10 in top career passing touchdowns. That That's what I mean. He's like a Jekyll and Hyde, but he's also good when he needs to be. He's always that guy you can expect to bail you out. Eli Manning's a great quarterback. I tried to listen to situations where he goes to the teams. I've heard the Bears as a possible option. I've heard other teams like Miami wanting him. Even with the Brady rumor I've heard, which I don't believe in. At the end of the day, Eli Manning wants to be a starting quarterback because that's who he is. He's a starting quarterback. He's not a backup. He's not willing to be a backup. And if he's not willing to be a backup, he's not going to get a job. Hate to say it, but Eli Manning, you're not going any farther. If you want to be a, if you want to be a starting quarterback, no team's going to offer that for you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's the truth. Sorry, man. I really like you, but it's the truth. Eli Manning will retire at the end of this season. Giants will let him go, and he will retire. He will not find a job with another team because they don't want a starting quarterback for him. They want him to be a backup and a mentor. So, thank you for an amazing career, Eli. You are amazing. I just want you to know that from one fan to a Hall of Fame-worthy quarterback. And that leads me to the last one on the board, Cam Newton. Cam Newton's getting surgery. should be fully healthy by February. So they're expecting him to be back at the top level he was supposed to be. But the Panthers are going to move on from him. After finding Ron Rivera, I know they're going to let him go. They're done with the Newton experiment. He brought him to the Super Bowl once. Never even got close again after that. So Newton's gone, but where's he going to go? Who could use him? A big physical guy who doesn't have that strong of an arm, but can help get the yardage necessary in running situations where he has to run an option and bulldoze. What teams could use that? I cited the Bears immediately. You have Mitchell Trubisky. He's played well the last two games. If he plays at a consistent level to close out the season, they will be okay. Simple as that. If they don't, I think Cam Newton is a good option. Whether it's as a backup or not, he'll be a great backup quarterback. But as a starting quarterback for the Bears, could still work. That offensive line is going to give him a little more time than he thinks. But that receiving core, not really too many deep threats besides Allen Robinson. And that fits him perfectly. I could see him starting quarterback there or at least a backup. So keep an eye out for that. As for another team I got in mind from, Indianapolis Colts, out the gate. I mean, Indianapolis has Jacoby Prezet, and I understand that. They have Brian Hoyer's backup. Understand that. What we don't understand is that the Colts' wideouts are T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, and Paris Campbell. Now, those are good threats downfield, but you're also talking about a guy who's going to get all the protection in the world. I guarantee you if you put a Newton behind a line that's going to keep him protected and upright like that, he's going to do very well. I think he will. 
So Newton will actually change his game style to adjust to the Colts' offense. He obviously is not going to have that deep arm that these quarterbacks who play for them have. But he's going to have more time. You're going to see stats improve. You're going to see less run attempts. I guarantee you Cam Newton will succeed in Indianapolis. I think it's a good investment. They should think about it. Either as a backup or a starter, whatever you want to do. But I do not believe Cam Newton is going to get a job anywhere else except those two places. The Colts and the Bears. If you ask me my personal preference, I want to see him with the Colts. I want to see him turn the I want to see him help the Colts out now that they don't have Andrew Luck anymore. Because they're a good team that was just got unlucky at the wrong time. And I feel bad for them. Go Brissett, great quarterback. But I do believe Cam Newton deserves that shot, and they will take that shot with him. So yeah, once again, here's how it's gonna turn out. Manning will retire, Rivers will retire, Cam Newton will either go to the Bears or the Colts. Again, personal opinion. And for Dalton, the best fits for him are the Bucks and the Chargers for their big passing offenses and receiving cores that are big vertical threats downfield. Which now concludes that segment for news and just, pers- just updates with the NFL. So let's go into the Week 15 predictions, my favorite segment. We have 16 games going on this week, as you know. From here on out, there will be no more bye weeks. For these teams. It's all a race now in these final three weeks. To make a playoff spot. So. 16 games starting off with Thursday night football. Between the New York Jets and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean. If you're a logical person. You're picking the Ravens. If you're me. You're definitely picking the Ravens. And if the Jets somehow win. As I said on Twitter. If the Jets somehow win this game over the Ravens. The Ravens don't deserve a first-round bye. They don't deserve it. The Jets don't shouldn't even be winning games. They should be tanking to maintain that top-five pick. And they're not going to do that. So, we'll, we'll, we'll just see. The Jets franchise gives me Ajita, but we'll figure it out. Baltimore will win this game. Now we move on into Sunday, starting with Philadelphia versus Washington. Philly has the advantage here going forward to win this division now that they beat the Giants. They're even with the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have a tougher rec- schedule to deal with. Philly's taking on Washington and Washington. They don't have Darius Geis anymore. He hit the IR. It's over. His season is finished. Dwayne Haskins, still not playing like a good quarterback. Still not. So I'm taking Philly. Philly has the advantage because Washington is depleted. Without Darius Geis, the offense will not move. Even if they have Adrian Peterson. Philly wins. Houston takes on Tennessee. Texans, Titans in Nashville. I'm taking the Titans. Going to be an extremely contested game. But Houston just dropped a big game last week to the Denver Broncos, which is now why they are tied with the Tennessee Titans for first place in the division. Houston has to figure this out, and I don't think they'll do it this game. Very, very close. It can go either way. But I still believe Tennessee's going to stay hot. And Derrick Henry goes over 100 yards again rushing. He's been unstoppable this season, to this point. Miami takes on the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. I'm taking the Giants. Very close game to decide on because Miami has had some pretty good games against some pretty good teams. Still believe, though, that the Giants can win it. 
Whether Eli Manning plays or not, I still believe they'll win. They gotta be Golden Tate. They got Golden Tate. They got Sterling Shepard. They got Saquon. Miami's run defense, not that great. That secondary, better, but not as good. Still not good. Miami's offense can is the only thing that Giants have to be afraid about because Ryan Fitzpatrick has been great this season when he has time. He makes plays happen. He extends the plays downfield. Running game completely disappeared for the Miami. Their only hope right now is Mike Kosicki. And I do believe Mike Kosicki can make something happen in an instant. So, if I'm Miami... I'm aiming to find any way to stop New York's offense and force turnovers. It's the only way you can win this game. But they won't. Giants win it. Denver takes on Kansas City. Whether or not you like it, this is going to be a really close game. Drew Locke is playing like a franchise quarterback. There's no denying it. He just beat the Chargers. He beat the Texans. Not only did he beat the Texans, I mean, he blew them out. He blew out the Texans. So you got to watch out. Denver's going into Kansas City, and this is going to be a really contested game. But Kansas City will find a way to win it in a close one. They'll get the edge. They're going to force a little bit of a problem with Drew Locke, force a costly turnover late in the game, and the Chiefs take advantage, and they win. Chicago's taking on Green Bay at Lambeau. I want to pick the Bears for this one because of their situation possibly making the playoffs, but I don't see it. Taking Green Bay simply because it's Lambeau. And when they're in Lambeau, it's hard to beat Aaron Rodgers and that crew. I'm keeping on. I'm sticking with the Green Bay Packers. They're going to win and they will clinch their spot pretty much for the playoffs. Tampa Bay goes into Detroit without Mike Evans. Detroit will still be without Matthew Stafford this week. And I don't know what to pick here. It's a tough one. Detroit's home. And Tampa hasn't been that great of a road team this year. But Jameis Winston still has Chris Godwin, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, Brashad Perriman. There shouldn't be any excuse to lose this game. If you lose this game, you need to go. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter if you have Mike Evans or not. The Lions secondary is bottom 10 in the league. You can beat that. Come on. Tampa Bay over Detroit in Detroit. New England taking on Cincinnati in Cincinnati. No question, I'm taking New England. Dalton may get some a nice stat day, but they're not going to win the game. Seattle taking on Carolina at Bank of America Stadium. Carolina's in disarray now that they don't have Ron Rivera. Seattle takes advantage. Russell Wilson has a career day. So I'm obviously going to have to take here the Seattle Seahawks over the Carolina Panthers. Minnesota going into L.A. to take on the Chargers. Usually, this is why I tell you Minnesota wins, but they're not going to win this one. Why? The Chargers' defense is very good. They're going to force a lot of mistakes off of Cousins. Vikings' defense is not on the same level as the Chargers' defense. I see a little bit of an imbalance, and since the Chargers finally got Derwin James back, their secondary is more locked down. So... I'm going to trust the Chargers to beat them here and force a problem with playoff seeding. It's going to put the Minnesota Vikings in a dilemma. Are they going to make the wild card or are they not? Either way, I do think the Chargers win this game at home. I don't want to pick it, but I know what's going to happen. Phillip Rivers, not going to have a good day, but it's going to be enough to beat him. 
expect the Chargers to win in a close one. Jacksonville taking on Oakland in Oakland at Oco Coliseum. Oakland beats Jacksonville. Again, incredibly close game. But Oakland wins it because of the disadvantage with the receiving core and the quarterback at the helm. Gardner Minch is going to have a hard time fighting off the pressure. The Jacksonville offensive line is not good. Max Crosby has to get like two sacks on the day. I have a feeling he's going to get two sacks on Minshew, and that's going to, be, again, going to be a real decision maker. If Jacksonville doesn't have time for Minshew to make plays in the pocket, they won't win the game. I got Oakland. Cleveland taking on Arizona. Cleveland Browns taking on Arizona in Arizona. I'm taking Cleveland here. Kyler Murray not playing well. He has not played well recently. It's not a good sign. So I'm taking Cleveland to take advantage of that, keep themselves alive in the playoff race. Atlanta taking on San Francisco. How do you not pick San Francisco here? San Francisco wins at home. Rams taking on Dallas and Dallas. Most point, you guys be picking Dallas because it's AT&T Stadium. But also, don't forget, Dallas sucks. I mean, this is not an exaggeration. As good as that offense is, it doesn't mean anything if you can't finish the game. If your defense is giving up too many yards. The Rams have been hot the last two weeks. They just came off beating the Seahawks 28-12. And you don't think they're going to go into Dallas and win? Come on now. Jared Goff, pick it up. He's going to take advantage of that secondary. Todd Gurley, expect maybe a 90-yard rushing game, maybe more. I got the Rams beating Dallas, not comfortably, but not close. Buffalo is taking on Pittsburgh for Sunday Night Football on NBC. The Buffalo Bills going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Another really good game here. Both going to be strong defenses. Very defensive game. Going to be low scoring, but I'm taking Buffalo. The run game is going to take advantage of that time between Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Expect Singletary to go 100 yards rushing. And Devlin Hodges throwing at least a pick. This is going to be a fun game to watch. Passing games aren't going to be that strong. I got Buffalo winning simply because of the run game and the defense. And now Monday Night Football on ESPN. Indianapolis Colts versus the New Orleans Saints at Mercedes-Benz Superdome in Louisiana. I'm taking New Orleans. I'm taking New Orleans simply because New Orleans is New Orleans. There's no beating, there is no way you are beating the, the Saints as a Colts team that is banged up. A banged up Colts team cannot beat a healthy Saints team. I'm sorry. I do believe the Saints win this game. I don't care if Sheldon Rankins is out or not. Indianapolis is not going to beat New Orleans. And if they do beat New Orleans, I don't know. I don't know what to say. But they can't win. There's no way they're going to win. I'm taking New Orleans over Indianapolis in New Orleans. So that's it. There's your Week 15 predictions. Thursday Night Football... Baltimore beats the Jets at home. Then going into Sunday's afternoon matchups and evening matchups. Philadelphia goes into Washington and comes out with the win. Houston goes into Tennessee, gets taken down by the Titans. The Miami Dolphins swim into MetLife and get slaughtered 
by the New York Giants. Denver goes into Kansas City and walks out limping. Kansas City wins. The Bears storm into Lambeau Field and get stuffed by the Green Bay Packers. Tampa Bay goes on and sails into Ford Field and come out swimmingly with the victory. New England comes marching into Cincinnati and comes out with the victory over the Bengals. Seattle going to walk, fly straight in to Bank America Stadium, come out with the victory over the Panthers. Minnesota charging into the L.A. Coliseum and get shocked by the L.A. Chargers. Jacksonville going into Oakland just to be knocked out by the Raiders. Cleveland Browns go into Arizona and come out with the victory over the Birds. Atlanta goes into San Francisco and gets picked apart by the San Francisco 49ers. The LA Rams go into Dallas, come out with the victory. The Buffalo Bills will charge into Pitt, into Heinz Field and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and secure themselves a playoff berth. And Indianapolis takes on New Orleans on Monday Night Football and get stunned and destroyed by the Saints. That is your Week 15 predictions. You will get, see a post sooner or later showing them once again. Make sure to like it and tell me if you believe I'm wrong on anything. I love hearing input from you guys. Which now leads us into the Change My Mind segment for the week. Last week's Change My Mind segment was very, very good. I was impressed by all the responses I got. Last week's topic had to do with Doug Marone and me saying he's going to be fired at the end of the season by the Jaguars. He's gone. So, a few of you commented and I heard three different coaches named and then I heard one person agree with me. So, out of all those comments, I'm going to pick two of them actually. This week I'm picking two winners and because they're just unique. So one person said bye-bye Jason Garrett, that Jason Garrett's going to get fired before him. But I do want to go back on somebody else's comment. That bye-bye Jason Garrett, not what I want to talk about. The reply was give Shermer the boot. I couldn't agree with that more. Pat Shermer should be the first one fired. He should be out the door already. His coaching staff he hired was not good. And then the reason why they've fallen apart, he's got a worse record up to this point than Ben McAdoo did. And McAdoo had the job longer. Wait, no. And Shermer had the job longer than McAdoo did. Now, I completely agree with this statement by Matt underscore Walkman. Completely agree with it. And then another comment I want to talk about is Nick Brown 387 Congratulations, you made the podcast. With his comment, get Steelers coach. See, even though he did spell Steelers wrong, not going to hold that against him. It's a good point. Mike Tomlin should be considered for coach of the year this year with what he's doing with the Steelers. You lose Antonio Brown, you lose Le'Veon Bell, you lose Ben Roethlisberger, you're dealing with injuries all season, and you're dealing with all these different scandals involving your players in fights. And yet your team is still holding on to a playoff spot. Unbelievable. I gotta commend Pittsburgh for this. Great job. I'm not even kidding. Great job by Pittsburgh here. And Mike Tomlin. So if they somehow let Tomlin go... And Tomlin decides, I want to go to the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars are going to love it. You get Mike Tomlin, I guarantee your team is going to turn around entirely. Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in this league. 
Never forget that. Top 10 coach in this league. He's been a top 10 coach the last decade. Any team who gets him is blessed. So great comment by Nick Brown 3 7 on the Steelers. And great comment by Matt underscore Walkman about Shermer. Really great points. And I love your comment and enthusiasm in getting above the Marone aspect. But yes, Doug Marone needs to be fired. Shermer needs to be fired. And the Jaguars need to find a way to get Mike Tomlin. I like that. It's outside the box. But now let's get serious. Today's topic has to do with a running back I have been very much a fan of since he first came in this league. There is a running back who came out of Alabama as a Heisman winner. No, it's not Mark Ingram. Plays for the Tennessee Titans. If you don't know him, go back to last season with that amazing 99-yard run against the Jaguars. That running back's name is Derrick Henry. I know earlier in the season I was saying that Dalvin Cook's the best running back in the league. I was saying Christian McCaffrey's a close second. But after seeing what I saw over the last four weeks, I cannot help but say that Derrick Henry actually is the best running back in the league. Right now. Right now, Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL. Change my mind. Want me to explain? Here's your explanation because I know some of you are heated. Here's how it goes. Derrick Henry is second in the league right now in attempts. Second in the league in rushing yards. Tied for first in rushing touchdowns. And seventh in yards per attempt. Now at this point, there's a lot of conflicted opinions because of who's 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 above him, who's below him, especially with the yards per attempt, which is what everyone comes at me over. But if you want to talk more stats above that, okay, fine. How about we talk about that four-week span I mentioned? 86 attempts in the last four games for 599 yards. That is insane to me. 599 off of 86 attempts. He did this in the last four games. And his average yards per carry was 6.96. Just shy of 7 yards per carry. Unbelievable. I mean, how do you not go with Derrick Henry here? Unbelievable performance. See, here's the thing with Derrick Henry. He looks like a strong guy who's going to be like a bulldozer, like a fullback build. He's a big running back. He's not a short guy. But the thing is... Derrick Henry has hidden speed. If you watch the way he moves, I guarantee you, it's funny because like, as as a tackler, when you're looking at a running back, you're staring at his you're staring at his waist and his midsection, trying to figure out where he's moving based off his hips. But when you're watching Derrick Henry run, you don't see his hips move really. Watch the tape; his hips really don't flip around much. The only time he'll flip them is to make a really sharp turn to the left or right. But here's how it works. The way he does it is with his feet. His footwork is so clean. That's why you don't see modern midsection movement. He'll go in, he'll run up, and he'll keep his feet close. And he'll put pressure on the on the left side of his right foot or on the left side of his right, left foot. I mean, or on the right side of his left foot. And he'll push off of it. And you won't see his midsection really move. It's unbelievable. He has a hidden elusive ability that you don't see among running backs. 
He is one of those secret gems that the Titans got lucky with. He is a good running back. A very talented running back. And I respect him as a player and as a franchise guy for the Tennessee Titans. And I expect him to get a job soon. I mean, to get an extension. A big, big extension. And if he doesn't, there's a problem. Two guys who deserve extensions on that team. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry first. He needs to be the highest paid running back in this league. He is a great running back. Best in the league. I guarantee you, McCaffrey doesn't have the strength to keep up with him. And Cook doesn't have the speed and hidden elusive factor that Henry has to keep up in this league. Derrick Henry is a star emerging and is going to stay one for a long time. I can't even draw a comparison to a running back he is similar to. I can't. I want to. But I can't. He is his own breed of running back. He's his own. And that's what I like. A guy who establishes his own play style so he can't be compared to anybody else. That's another reason. You don't find running backs like that anymore. You can't draw a comparison for him. It's very hard. Again, this is these all together. Derrick Henry has to be the best running back in the NFL right now. I'm not talking about the entire season. I'm talking about right now, at this moment. He's the best running back in the league. He's the hottest running back right now. And if you don't agree, I mean, I don't know what to say to you. So, yeah, change my mind. Derrick Henry's the best running back in the league right now. You want to argue this? Because I know you do. Comment on my post I'll be putting up on Twitter and Instagram. The Twitter handle is at tstatsman. And on Instagram at the.sideline.statsman. As we've been flying through every topic today, we're going to end this off real quick with our winners and losers segment. Two winners, two losers. You remember, one player winner and loser, and one team winner and loser. So, as usual, we always switch it up a little bit. So, we're going to start with losers, and then go to winners. And we're going to start with teams. So, let's get serious. The New England Patriots. I never thought in my life I'd be having to put them on this list. Ever. In any episode. Now, this week, it's different. Because this is collective over the last two weeks. And I look at the New England Patriots. And I say to myself, you lost to the Chiefs. Sensible. But you lost to the Texans. You're on a two-game losing streak. Again, You lost to the Chiefs and the Texans back-to-back. How do you not expect me to get angry? How do you not expect me to get an attitude and get mad at you? Are you kidding me? Okay. The, The Patriots' offense has been an issue. They're not scoring the same way. Tom Brady's not playing the same way, and there's dysfunction everywhere. I mean, if you really want me to go in, here you go. New England lost to the Chiefs in an apparent close one, but they have been destroyed the entire game. Technically, they should have won, but they couldn't win. They beat them in every statistical category, at least the Chiefs did, except for one, which was penalties. Because the Chiefs had double the penalties that the Patriots had. The Chiefs had 10 penalties last week's, And the Patriots had five. 
How do you not take advantage of having five less penalties than the Chiefs? How? I want someone to explain that to me. How do you not take advantage of that? It makes no sense and it is disgusting. Not to mention, poor protection even, or poor decision making, I don't know, you choose, has led to Tom Brady finally having age catch up to him. Tom Brady has a, in the last two weeks, has a 51.9 completion percentage. 51.9 against a Texans pass defense, which isn't really that good, and the Chiefs pass defense, which is good. But the fact of the matter is, he's got 495 yards in two games, four touchdowns, Two interceptions, he's been sacked a collective six times. So what does that lead his QBR to be? A 74.6. I'm sorry. How can I support a quarterback whose QBR is a 74.6? that You know that QBR is worse than Jameis Winston? Yeah. Yeah. That QBR is worse than Jameis Winston right now. How are you behind like that? Mitchell Trubisky has a higher completion percentage than you in the last two weeks. By a lot. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. Tom Brady is not getting the time anymore. He's under pressure and they're not getting keeping him safe. If you can't keep him safe, he can't play. Tom Brady is 42 years old. He's not meant to run out of the pocket. He's not to, me- to move around outside the pocket. He's meant to be a pocket quarterback and not move. If he has to move, he won't do well. And once again, that showed in the last two weeks. So this is on the Patriots for not protecting him. Now, winning team this week, how do I not give it to the Denver Broncos? I mean, the Denver Broncos have been on another level. The Denver Broncos beat the Chargers and the Texans in these last two weeks with a rookie quarterback named Drew Locke. You guys remember Drew Locke? Drew Locke was the pick they spent in the first round for a new quarterback from Missouri to replace Case Keenum. They signed Joe Flacco's insurance because of in case Drew Locke got hurt, which he did. Drew Locke missed the majority of the season. And when Joe Flacco went down, third-string quarterback Brandon now had to play because he wasn't ready yet. Now he's ready. Goes into the Chargers game. Of course, your first game is going to be rough. His completion percentage was just above 65. It, was, it wasn't great. But he did a good job. He did enough to help them win the game and beat the Chargers. Huge momentum victory. Big upset. It was all, it, It's all over the plates. It was all over the news. It was insane. But now you're going up against Texans. Everyone's saying the Texans are going to win. I'm guilty too. I thought the Texans were winning. After that big game they had over the Patriots. And then I watched this kid go off. I'm not exaggerating this. The Broncos beat the Texans 38-24. And made Watson look like a chump. I, this, this isn't a joke. They made Watson look like a chump. Like nobody. Drew Locke's completion percentage was an 81.5 the entire game. He threw for 309 yards. 
he had three touchdowns, one interception, and was only sacked once. Do you know what that QBR comes out to be? 136. Yes. Yes. So go back, look at Brady's, look at his. This kid has a 136 QBR in one game. You compile that with the la- with overall in the last two games, his QBR is actually more than double what Tom Brady's is. If I'm correct. No, I am not correct. He has, it's about above 30 points more than what Brady's QBR is right now in the last two weeks. The kid's incredible. He's done an amazing job shutting down defenses and making this offense work without Emmanuel Sanders. He's doing this with Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton. I mean, and Noah Fant, who's finally getting the reps he needs now that he leads all rookie tight ends in points, in um, yardage. Top rookie tight end this year is Noah Fant. That was a good pick for them too, using that second first round pick. But, look it over. The Broncos had two great weeks because of defense that stepped up in the right moments and Drew Locke. Drew Locke changed his offense round. It's impressive to see it. So, good job, Broncos. Keep it up. Now we go into the next loser for players now. I'm taking Kyler Murray. Yes, 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 Kyler Murray. Now, remember when I did that segment about rookie quarterbacks doing really well and I was evaluating them and I put Murray at the top? Might have to take that back. Honestly, if you want my opinion, Kyler Murray, I feel like I jinxed him. Yes, I feel like I jinxed Kyler Murray. Ever since I made the comment saying he was the best rookie quarterback in, in out of all of them so far this season, he has been thirty he went thirty nine for sixty four for three hundred and fifty seven yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and has been sacked eleven times in the last two games. Now that completion percentage comes out to a sixty point nine. His overall passer rating is a sixty one point eight. Yes, a sixty one point eight. Granted, he played Pittsburgh and Another team that was kind of good. But again, it doesn't matter. Kyler Murray, you have Christian Kirk. You have Larry Fitzgerald. You have Andy Isabella. What is there to complain about? Your offensive line's worse than the league, so I'll give you that. But you're a good running quarterback. You can run option. You can run option plays to gain yardage too. But your rushings aren't even happening. You're not getting yardage because you're doing it off of runs outside the pocket. Improvising. I want to see option plays incorporated for Murray. That is the only way that he fixes this up. And they changed the game up. You've got to fit the player. So Cliff Kingsbury's kind of to blame here too. Draw more plays that'll tap in to Kyler's athletic ability with his legs. That'll help you out. Kyler Murray needs that chance, man. Kyler Murray is a good quarterback, but you've got to put him in a system to succeed. With no system to allow him to use his athleticism to his advantage, he cannot help the Cardinals win. Same goes for the offensive line. If you don't get a good line to protect him, you can't win. So Kingsbury, come on. Fix this team up in this draft, or at least in free agency. Help Murray out. Which now brings me to the winning player this week. In person, 
Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. I think you all can agree on this one. Ryan Tannehill has been nothing but amazing for this team. I can't sing my praises enough about him. Finally did it. He finally did it. In the last two weeks playing, where he had to deal with the Colts and the Raiders. Again, Colts pass defense is okay. And the Raiders pass defense also okay. Mediocre. He went 38 for 49 for 573 yards, 5 touchdowns, and 1 interception. Yes, those stats are accurate, and they're correct. Ryan Tannehill in, has, is now, I believe, 6-1 and one all time right now as a Titans quarterback. Since he filled in, he's, only, he's won 6 of his last 7 games. That, ladies and gentlemen, is amazing. And I appreciate everything he's doing to save this team. This Titans team was on the brink of elimination weeks ago. They lost five games. Wait, I'm incorrect. He's five, won five of his last six games. Tannehill has been incredible. In, inside and out. They're on a four-game win streak right now. I have never seen a team so dominant and successful in the past game, the run game, and on defense. Defense hasn't been on point entirely. But they've been good. Good enough to be a playoff team. And as long as they win out, they're going to be a playoff team and one to be reckoned with. Ryan Tannehill is only person to say thanks to and to Derrick Henry. Those two have kept this team alive and made them who they are today. Right now. So thank you, Ryan Tannehill, for fixing this Titans team that was one step away from being a champion. From being a contender. And that'll do it. That's it for our final segment. And that's it for this episode. I'm your host of Sideline Statsman. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at tstatsman and on Instagram at the.sideline.statsman for more content and more updates as the news breaks. Once again, I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.